Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Content warning, we'll be discussing filicide, domestic abuse, and parental abuse in this episode. Sir? Sir? Excuse me. Oh, what? Huh? You will not break my soul. What? I was going <laughs> to... I wanted extra sauce with this, and I told you that, and you will not break my soul. Okay, uh, so you want some habanero? Don't or... break my soul! <laughs> Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. I... You're adamant it. Natalie's got a soul. I guess so. I tell you what, tonight I'm going to go to my friend. She's turning 46. It's her birthday party. She's yeah, got a soul. Girl. She's very positive, very upbeat, doesn't give a fuck. You know, it's something about like, I guess in your 40s or whatever, because we were hanging out at a bar and these two dudes come up and they're flirty with us. And then she was like, are you on cocaine? And then they were like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, I can tell. I can tell. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then I looked at the one of the guys. I was like, he's like, you want a party? And I was like, did you test the cocaine? And he's like, yeah. And they do winks. And I was like, man, fuck off. <laughs> you can't be winking about fentanyl. No, we're going to die. Man. I don't know. I guess the test was his dumbass body trying it first. But yeah, something... I guess I guess he was the test subject. <laughs> yeah. Something about like hanging out with her. She doesn't give a fuck. She just look at somebody and be like, are you on cocaine? I, I could never picture myself doing that. That's what a woman does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is one of the benefits of becoming, a, of you know, an adult ass woman is and why certain creepy guys don't like it. They don't like it. I mean, I find myself still being like, I, uh, OK, I don't want to make him upset. That's because you're just a little baby. I am a little baby girl. <laughs> oh, that's so disgusting. Mm. Don't take cocaine from strangers, please. No, that's crazy. Please a wink. That. He just winked at me. And you know what I did? I put my back to him because I tell you what, I'm a single girl at the bar. I'm not wasting my energy with cocaine fill. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What the fuck his name is? Because somebody's going to think, oh, they're together. We're not together. And I'm going to be ruthless. 
This man's just over here winking at me. No, get away from me. Don't take my time. No. I did that to this other guy. He won't break your soul. No, he won't break my soul. Get out of here. You fucking sitting around me, taking my like advances away. What were you saying? Oh, there's like a whole different other dude. And not saying that like, ah, these guys are after me. But this guy was like weird and in a fedora. He was in a fedora. Yeah. Okay. And he was just like, I got icky vibes. And I was he was just having like, a zoot suit riot. Yeah. He kept inviting me out, inviting me out. I was like, I got to go over there. You know what I mean? You should have done some swing dancing with him. I should. I should have. He was also, um, he was a cop. <laughs> wow. That is a lot of stuff going on. I know. So I had to be like, I got to go. Don't hang out with me. <laughs> a fedora wearing cop. Yeah. He was undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's trying to bust cocaine, Phil. So we are in the middle of a breakdown of a Texas story coming out of the area of San Antonio. Mm. Again, no segue here. That's okay. You know, because Natalie, you said you wanted to talk about something, but it was like a super bummer. And I was like, I got a story about cocaine. Yeah. Which I said, (laughs) yes, please. And now we're going to go back to where we were discussing this incident going on in San Antonio, Texas. It is very sadly a disappearance of a small child named Lena Sardarkil, whose family came from the east side of Afghanistan in 2019 and was then placed in San Antonio within a small Afghani community. Just as a refresher, around 5 p.m. on December 20th, Lena was with her mother and other families at their apartment complex, which has a playground and sitting inside of it. And for... Brief moments of time, her mother lost the eyeline of her daughter, and she has since seemed to have disappeared. Right. Truly. If, if you look at the complex, it looks pretty safe. Yeah. Because you could just say, oh, she disappeared from a complex. How dare that mother take her eyes away? But if you look at pictures, it's like within in in a whole thing. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about the layout. I've gotten some clarification about what happened and where it was. So... Obviously, this is sad for many reasons, but one being that they were coming to America to try to have a better life. Actually, even though they weren't leaving their home in Afghanistan in the 2021 exodus after the Taliban started taking over, I learned that actually Lena and her mother and brother were in Afghanistan at that time. Oh, my gosh. Terrifying. Yeah. So Lena's grandparents, her mother's parents, were sick. And so they, without Riaz, the father, went to Afghanistan for a time to help care for these ailing grandparents. They, again, had fled their home in 2019 because of different threats from the Taliban, but they had still a bunch of family there. So they were going back to see the grandparents and take care of them. That's really risky. It is. They knew it was risky, too, but they didn't realize, according to Riaz, how truly risky it was in that moment because the troops were pulling out at that same exact time last summer. And it was fast. It wasn't like, we're going to pull out next month. It was like, you got six hours. Right. So they didn't realize how close they were going to be to the increasing violence. So they were caught in the middle of this mass exodus. And actually, Lena and her mother and Lena's brother were outside a Kabul airport during a mass exodus of people trying to flee the Taliban when a suicide bomber, who was claimed by ISIS, detonated an explosive belt. Whoa, so they wanted to kill the people trying to leave? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, because I guess they were like, well, you're not true Afghanis, you're betraying us. Yep. 
Oh, my God. So Lena and her mother were there. They were in the middle of it. This ISIS suicide bomber had just been released from prison by the Taliban because the Taliban was gaining the upper hand in the area. And it was just a couple of days before then. Release our boy from prison. They took him out. And the death toll from that day stands at over 180 people. That is a lot. Yes. And if you're a child seeing that, imagine growing up. And do you have trust for hugging other people? Well, we'll talk about this. But Lena was there. She was actually knocked unconscious by the explosion. Thankfully, that was the worst of her injuries or anyone else in their family that day. God knows how they got out after that. I do know that due to Riaz's good standing with the U.S., he got them transported safely back to their family's house and eventually on a plane back to America. Riaz's dad was also in the Afghanistan army supporting the U.S. troops. He died by a different Taliban suicide bomber earlier, I think in 2009. So they hate the Taliban. Taliban's like taking out members of their family. Yes. They're like, get us out of here. Riaz's uncle was also killed by suicide bombers. So before they left, Riaz was actually working a desk job for Afghan armed services and was working with and for the U.S. government, which is why his family was able to be placed in San Antonio in 2019. The Taliban had been hunting he and his family once they found out that he was working with them, which is why they left. Yeah, get out. So Riaz said one of the reasons he wanted to come here was so that Lena could get an education. That's what they were escaping. That is why they left Afghanistan. And that is what hell is. That's hell. Yeah. Remember the terrorists that were running around with their guns mm-hmm. with the little girl school and they shut it down. They're so happy. Mm-hmm. The child gets their intelligence from the mother. Why do you want to suppress that? Do you want a generation of dumber people? They want a generation of people they can control. That's it. But this is why Riaz's family left. And they are still being called freeloaders and terrorists by people. They have been fighting for our government for generations. It's just very frustrating. So still, Lena, through all of this, is described as a playful, happy girl, even though she's a little shy. The videos of her that her family have released to the media do show a girl that seems genuinely happy and playful and loved. Lots of laughter and smiles, which, you know, just shows the true resilience of a child. To have seen such terror, but still have joy in her heart, which she seemed to be. And I I think that's usually as a result of the love from her family. And it doesn't ring true to me that they would be, quote, selling her off, which is what they're being accused of by random people on the Internet. Her mother that day walked away for a matter of minutes and she wasn't even in her apartment So I've gotten a little bit more clarification. Amber, you're currently looking at a photo of the little playground where she was playing. Oh, this looks very safe. Yes. It's in all these buildings and the buildings look like it looks like a whole family unit lives in one place. It's not like tiny apartment complexes. No. And also her family's is right there. You can see it from the playground. This looks safe to me. It's right outside of where they live off the main street. So this is an example of how things can be misconstrued by the media, often unintentionally, but sometimes with subconscious bias. But often it's just because people are just like, yeah, the news, good, put the news out. And they just hear telephone versions. So when, you know, whether it was through a language barrier or through a bad case of media telephone, many of these initial reports stated that Lena was left in a public park somewhere, like by her mother, which at first you're like, what? 
what a crazy and she's that's not what happened though no it's in a safe guarded area and it was a couple minutes she turned her back so when you get the actual story it's again literally in front of their apartment a tiny little fenced in play area her mother was also there she was watching both of her two children lena's parents are both very young her mother's 24 or wow. maybe 25 now they're young people it's a young family so Lena has a little brother, too, who's somewhere similar to her age. He's very cute. You've seen photos of him. And they were both playing outside. And the map here, Amber, I posted on our Instagram what it looks like from an aerial shot. That little area I zoomed in on here, Amber, is where she disappeared from. Whoa. So you see right next to it, there's a little soccer field. Uh-huh. Right next to that little play area. Can you see it from the aerial shot? I sure can. Yeah. So right there, there are a couple other little places like interspersed around the apartments, including a little pavilion where you can have like picnic tables and there's barbecue. It looks nice. Pits. It looks clean. It yeah. looks safe. And it's completely removed from the public. Yeah. So it was common, according to their family and the people in the community, that it was common for the little kids to run in circles around this area, sometimes leaving the parents' eye line. They would run in the little park, then they would run down near the little soccer field, then they would run towards the pavilion. That's what I did as a kid. None of my memories from childhood have adults there. Uh, same. I, I was going to say the same thing. By the time I was five, I played a lot without direct parental eye lines on me. And it's also good to not do that because, what, you're going to be an adult and then just be like, well, we can't do that. My mummy. My mummy, mummy says no. So it's this. Like, yeah. You're a 35 year old man. <laughs> just just do it. <laughs> so it's not as though her mom just like dumped her off and like went to like the fucking salon. She was there with the kids and there was a huge group of kids. I ran in a pack as a kid, too, and we ran out of eyeline all the time. The thing that ma is making my, like, you know, alarm bells go off is right past the pavilion where they run in and out of is one of the parking lots. So uh -oh. I don't know. I'm sure the police have been examining this already because there's FBI detectives have been involved. But if somebody had taken her, it probably would have been somebody who knew kids played out there. Yes. And as we discovered a couple episodes ago, a lot of the cameras don't work. I had somebody message me and I won't give away too much details, but they said where they work, the cameras kind of went out a couple years ago mm -hmm. and they were going to fix them and they just never put them back up. It's a real roll of the dice, too, because it's like that with houses. You know, you see houses have all the security signs in front of them. I'd say about 50, 60 percent work. Oh, yes. Yeah, theater. It's all and theater. Then, but the other ones don't. But you never know. You, you don't know. It, you roll the dice. You, they might have a full security system. I think that you could go because if every news story you see, people record on their cell phones. Mm -hmm. So if you find a place, you could shoot somebody in the middle of the head in the middle of the street. And if nobody's recording, it, you could get away. It's true, unless you're in the UK where they record every street. Yeah. But, you know, that's a discussion for another that's show. A not, that's a whole other thing. We're talking about this missing girl and not shooting someone in the head. Right. Yes. So in this little area, it is super protected. But one of their private parking lots, which, again, the lots are private. They're off the street. They are gated, but they say the gates were always open because they didn't have this sense of like fear and security needed at all times. So even though it was off of the street, the parking lot was still inside the complex. 
anyone could have driven into it. Yes. And if you know that there's kids mm-hmm. playing nearby, I mean, that's just like a fish and pond right there. Right. For nasty so, people. Could it have been a situation where somebody was just waiting for the right moment? We don't know yet. But it wasn't a thing of her mother being neglectful it happens in a series of moments yeah so she was down there with the kids she just didn't see them in that second so i think if a lot of us are honest we all also were kids who weren't eagle eye monitored by adults every second of their childhood i saw a video of this woman with a bassinet by a train station and she looks away for two seconds And the wind took the bassinet. I think I've seen that. Rolled it onto the train tracks. The baby ended up living, but the train rolled over the bassinet. (sighs) Two seconds, she looked away. That was it. I cannot imagine what it's like to be a mother. (sighs) This is why our mothers are crazy, Natalie. Oh, yeah. I mean, not my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's never been crazy. She listens to the show a lot of the time. Anyway, at first, whenever she didn't see Lena come back around, she thought maybe she'd actually just gone by her and went back up to their apartment. So she initially was like, oh, wait, where's Lena? Looked for her, called, didn't see her. I thought, oh, she probably just went up to the apartment. She went up and Lena wasn't there. Her mother, Zarmina, she was also pregnant at the time of this disappearance. Oh. I don't know if that really bears anything, but I, I think it's, you know, of note. Probably more She on just guard. had the baby like a couple months ago. Ooh, I mean, she's yeah. more on guard. Her hormones are going. Oh, my God. Where's this other child? Also can't really run or anything. No. So where she they had the kids, it was considered pretty safe by pretty much everybody in the complex. As I just mentioned, it was off the road and all that. So... While they may have experienced a lot of war-based danger in their province of Afghanistan, there was little fear of children being picked up and snatched away in the night while they were playing in the community. I know that it's been mentioned before by, I believe, by Riaz, but somebody in their circle saying that because the fear of hell is so real for them and touching a child will put you in hell yeah. and that kind of religion most of the time nobody wants to touch a child in that way yeah. unless they're you know rich and then it's like and then it's like whatever you want yeah BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I mean, in Saudi Arabia, granted, it's different than Afghanistan, but you could leave a Rolex watch on the ground. A friend of mine was actually filming like some propaganda stuff over there and left an red camera those things are like 20 grand at least left on the ground and then they went they did something like where's the camera oh fuck and it was just sitting right there nobody touched it granted is it from the goodness of people's hearts or is it because if you were to steal it you go bye-bye right yeah there could be a lot of reasons it could be both both and i don't think that that should be the threat 
for all crimes. But, you know, I'm not even opposed to that if it's about touching a child. I wish that we cut people's genitals off for doing it. You touched a kid, fucking acid bath for you. At least on your junk. So, yeah, initially they weren't thinking about that. But pretty quickly she called her husband, who was a bit away, not very far, but wasn't at the apartment. And they began like a frantic search around the apartment complex. Then they called the police around 730, which is this is a review from last week. So, yes, whenever they came up with nothing, they called the police at this time. I imagine another issue with them calling the police is that would have had to have had somebody translating for them because they didn't speak English. So just another layer of terror to add on to something like this, where you're now trying to describe to somebody who speaks in a foreign language that you can't find your child. Oh, my God. I mean, imagine us being in Afghanistan. Right. And one of our kids got lost. And we have to explain in English, just like, baby, baby. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? Oh, my God. That's so scary. So initially when the police show up, they started like a wide search. There were a few people who said that they witnessed Lena playing with kids around this time. But this was only really reaffirming Zarmina's statement about what happened, not really providing new information. But we get from that that Zarmina was there. Lena was there. That's not made up. Other people had witnessed them. Yeah. They went then. They tried to find everybody who had a ring camera around the area and they could not find any footage of her on any surveillance which again rings to to the idea that maybe it was the parking lot that she got caught. A lot of parking lots don't have like every time my friend's car got broken into and they go to the parking lot security and they're like, can we look at the footage? And they're just like, oh, well, I, I don't know. I'll get back to you. And they just keep putting it off and they keep pounding and asking. And they're like, OK, so there's no camera. That's yeah. what you find out at the end of the day. There's no there was no camera. Right. Why am I paying you to park my fucking car here? Right. Totally. And that's where and I'll put this picture up on our Instagram again. But Amber, what you're looking at there, you can see it's very heavily wooded right on the top there of the parking lot. So, you know, if you are a creep, it's kind of an ideal space to be lurking, waiting for a child to stray away. And even if there were cameras there, there's a lot of trees blocking a lot of stuff. So it seems like it's potential that even if they had cameras in the lot, that they could have hidden behind trees. And if she's shy, you know, she's it's it's easier to oh God, because she's so little, you can just put your hand over her mouth. Ugh, I don't. I yeah. hate this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about that. No, no, it's okay. I would assume the police have been monitoring anything they can find with cars coming in out of the property. But again, we don't really know what, how much camera footage they have from the outdoors. They have people's ring cameras, but those are usually faced away from the parking lot. So. Within a couple of hours, 1030 that evening, an Amber Alert was issued for Lena. If you recall, we learned a bit about what an Amber Alert means when we were discussing poor Summer Wells. Not every missing kid gets an Amber Alert and they have to meet certain criteria. And those include the law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. That there is enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert to assist in the recovery. The abduction is a child under 17 And the other like other critical data along with the child's name has been like entered into the information center. So it has to have a lot of really quick steps. So that basically means like you're not getting an Amber Alert all the time for like a kid who's maybe five. I don't know, wearing a pink jacket because you would get inundated with all of this stuff all the time. Yeah. People become desensitized to it. So they had enough for whatever reason they decided that she was fitting for the Amber Alert. And it's not clear specifically why, but probably that they thought she might be in imminent danger and they had enough of her information. So within that first night, they obviously don't 
find anything. They continue to have a base set up around the property for a couple days. The following day, so basically she goes missing Monday night. Tuesday, they are, you know, after they did the initial search, they're talking to everybody in the units. They're gathering information. Within two days, the police expanded their search to the area near Oakdale Street and Loop 410, which is like within a few mile radius of the complex just still really close in, but now they're maybe not getting a lot of leads. So they're expanding it to looking around in fields, in drainage ditches, anywhere where a poor kid might get stuck. (sighs) So, you know, within two days of this disappearance, then we're getting this wider expanse of a search. And it seems to me if they are out there searching drainage ditches, they don't have many leads yet. But in missing time, you know, for children, two days is 100 years. So it's not good by that day. It's becoming quite an emergency by the second day. So also the FBI becomes involved early on, which is great. Sometime within the first 48 hours, they send out their child abduction rapid deployment team, which, quote, aims to help local departments organize search efforts when children go missing. I think essentially they loan out special units who have like better equipment than just the local cops, you know. Right, probably helicopters Mm -hmm. that can, like, loop over and see if there's a weird patch in a field, you know, from above. Yeah, and probably those sort of machines you can put towards the ground that can tell when stuff's been moved around. Like, more expensive equipment than local cops would have. For example, the FBI team was... Reviewing hours of video footage from residents' personal surveillance systems and phones. And that the... FBI has access to resources that the SAPD lacks, such as video editing software that enables them to sharpen video footage. So a lot of tech stuff, too. Right. So, if, like, you had me and I'm, like, really grainy. You could just Enhance, enhance. Enhance. Enhance, computer. Yes. So those people came on very early. And sadly, maddeningly, frustratingly, this seems to have been all a dead end. Like you said, Amber, there are so many cameras, so much surveillance, and yet it's not enough for a little girl to not sometimes slip away like the wind. Damn. Now, here's my question. Can they just go knock on people's house doors? They they have been. It's like, is she in here? You know? Yeah. Oh, they have been. So yeah, there's like 300 units in their little complex, which is a lot. And they went through all them. They started expanding further out. They went through people's apartments, sometimes twice or three times. So by December 28th, which is eight days after she disappears, the FBI puts out a call to the public for anyone who may have info on video to help learn where Lena was from 4.49 p.m. to 5.07 p.m. Oh, my God. That's eight minutes. Uh, It's 17 minutes. Oh, sorry. I'm dumb. 18 minutes, 17, 18 minutes. You're not dumb. So that is the time period whenever they have no visibility of Lena. So... That's essentially the time period where, at first, Zarmina is not thinking anything's wrong. It's right. A, like, you know, five, ten minutes go by. It's a safe complex. She might be running around with the other kids. But within five, ten minutes, there's no Lena. And she starts looking around for her. And there's, for whatever reason, those lost minutes are very specifically what the FBI is trying to... That might be 507, might be whenever... She made the call to her husband. I don't know what that number indicates, but it within that time period, they cannot find any video footage from those moments. 
It's not a thing where I think I saw this floating around online. It's not a thing where there's a security camera that's recording and then 18 minutes is gone and it comes back. It's not like that. It's that during that 17, 18 minutes is the vital time where they cannot figure out this is the direction she would have been. And people are fast. Like you always think like, oh, if someone's going to come get me, I'll kick him. I'll scream. But I was like hanging out in the bar in New Orleans and this weird dude with half a burned face probably was in some kind of war and like military experience. But he just picked me up and went out the bar so fast. I couldn't even scream. Oh, my God. Luckily, like, you know, a guy I was hanging out with like was like, put her down, you know, whatever. And like noticed me missing. They look, looked around. They're like, where's Amber? And they looked in the second and like you could see my legs just kind of dangling out. But if somebody wants you, they'll they'll pick you up like faster than you can scream. Whoa. What happened after? Was he like out of his mind? He was out of his fucking <gasps> mind. And my guy friend had to be like, are you OK? You OK, man? To the guy. And he was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. oh my God, that's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. I've never been picked up by a, a guy who seemed maybe unhoused in New York years back, tried to punch me in the face, but I missed it. Good for you. But Getting picked up is terrifying. So fast. That's why I think this guy had military training is because he put me over his shoulders and just quick. Yeah. And he was pretty low to the ground. He's pretty small. Ugh. So I think he just like boop, ran out. They just saw my feet dangling and they're like, whoa, Amber, thank God they noticed me. Oh, my God. So scary. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, people will pick you up in a matter of seconds. Well, yeah. Also, I mean, her being she's tiny. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we don't know for sure. But if somebody was waiting for an opportune moment they would be way more prepared than the person coming at them. Yeah. So even though the wording is kind of vague about that time period, I think we can assume and it's the amount of time that her mom first didn't see her and then was looking for her. Yeah. She clearly felt that Lena was safe. And I'm just, I'm not judging this woman at all. It really doesn't seem like she did anything wrong. They're and in that the people were making yeah, people are making these like wild sweeping accusations against her. And I'm like, I don't. Your kid could go missing so fast. I know. Are you Hawkeye on your kid every five seconds? No, you're probably you like can't. making mashed potatoes. Looking at the right. other kid. You're busy. You're a mom. Right. I don't know how any of you guys do it, and I give it up to all the parents out there. It seems impossible. So anyway, the police say they searched all of the 300 apartments in this complex to no avail, which is a really big complex. I'm trying to think of the biggest building I've ever lived in, and I would assume that was college. But I don't think there was even near 300 apartments in it. No. Because if you, that's an average of three people per apartment. That's 900 people right there. And I think a lot of these held much larger families. So there's a lot of people to go through. And... That may be staggering about how many places she could have gone. It's also kind of incredible in a bad way that no one saw her, which again makes me feel like somebody had to have been in that parking lot. Yeah, they knew the layout. They knew the, the where the trees were. And they weren't walking past other apartments afterwards. Like somebody's ring would have caught them leaving. It had to have been in a car. Somebody had to have scoped out that area before. Maybe check and see what car was in that parking lot that doesn't have a kid. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they've done that. But let's call the cops and tell them. Yeah. We'll help. <laughs> oh, we didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, I do think maybe they just didn't have any surveillance of the parking lot. But all this stuff 
that I'm mentioning so far, this is all stuff that's happening within the first week. The days start passing and there seems to be no leads, even with the FBI on the case. On January 4th, 15 days since she's been gone, it's been reported that FBI's underwater search and evidence response team from Washington, D.C. is sifting through water near Oakland Drive and Babcock Road, just east of the intersection of Hubner and Babcock Roads. The FBI says that this is due to a lead that they have, but won't really elaborate. The place along this windy river in the area, so the river sort of snakes through a bunch of that community. It's like a long, skinny one. And that is a specific section of that river. There's not really any clarification as to why they went and did that exact area, because it's a good two miles from the complex. But they must have had reason to. Regardless, it doesn't seem to have led to anything. Can you imagine being an underwater diver being like, okay, I guess the good scenario is I find a little girl down here. Oh, yeah. And also imagine how it feels for the parents going like you we might find your child. And then when they don't, it's like probably half relief, half more fear because you don't want them to be found in that way. But also you wanted to be found. You wanted to be found. So nothing comes from that. On January 7th, Lena's Amber Alert is discontinued. And what a sad sentence that is to say. The detectives assure people this is not because they have stopped looking. Rather, the alert is set up for specific reasons and it's protocol for them to discontinue it at a certain point in a search. So an Amber Alert is typically issued in an immediate emergency when the child goes missing. That is what it's set up for. It doesn't necessarily mean the police aren't still like on the case. It's just that they discontinue it. But it does sound very sad. That same time period, a few weeks into the search, some experts begin to examine this as an abduction rather than just a kid wandering off. Because at first, they still technically only have her listed as a missing person and not an abduction, but it's only because they can't find evidence. But a lot of people who work within the detective community say that a lot of the signs of this really are leaning more towards an abduction. And I think that has to do with a lot of how there's no witnesses of seeing her wander off. There's no witnesses, cameras that caught her walking away. Yeah, because if she just wandered off, you'd see it on a ring camera. She might be knocking on somebody's door if she's scared. And there's none of that. And if, you know, she was a kid who walked out of the complex and onto the street alone, it's very likely that somebody by now would have called and said, I saw a little girl alone. I was really confused, but I was driving by too fast. You know, somebody saying they saw a child alone walking on the street because it's a little, little kid. You would notice it. But there's still really not enough evidence to say it's a kidnapping. It's not provable right now. And, you know, like we're saying, if it was a case of a certified creep who was lurking around every day and waiting for the right moment, that might have been the perfect storm of things to happen right there. We mentioned earlier in the coverage that while it could, of course, be one of the Afghani refugees, which is something a lot of, you know, edgelords on the internet like to say, oh, it must be one of them because of... Where they're from. But they would have... Sharia shit. Yeah, the police would have found her in the apartment complex. Somebody would have seen her. It's a tight-knit community. Somebody would have seen it and said something. Right, and... 
Also, it's just as likely it was somebody outside of the community who knew of the influx of the new people coming in and knew that a bunch of kids without a lot of paper trail were coming in and they were seizing an opportunity that way as well. That's what I think. And they knew that like, oh, you know, one of these Afghanistan children go missing. People are going to be blaming the family before they even get to me. Right. I mean, seriously. If you are in the business of thinking about terrible things like that, it seems like a good idea, I guess. I don't want to call it a good idea, but you know what I mean? No, yeah. It seems like a, um, f- I don't fucking know. An opportunity for a piece of shit. Yeah. So, and you know, this is like why the show is so hard sometimes is that the horrific part of a missing person, especially a child, is the not knowing if they're in pain. You know, I really wouldn't wish that on anybody. And it's just hard whenever... That's even when when we're doing Summer Wells, even though I do think her parents probably had a part in it, I was trying really hard to not immediately put all the blame on them because you already have this terrible thing happening and then other people are calling you like a pedophile and like all this shit. It's just like, you know, watching this Alex Jones trial play out where he's just fucking destroying the lives of these poor parents who've had their children shot and it's like what are you doing dude like let them at least grieve like ugh, people are fucked up man whatever whatever so tips continue to come in with few revelations it's horrible to hear but the longer it goes the more they start to look towards the potential villains in her vicinity bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Nancy Fisher, whose duties include serving in the San Antonio squad that investigates crimes against children, has been investigating Lena's case and is equally as frustrated as everyone else. She is somebody who deals in these sorts of cases, and I think she probably feels that it was an abduction, but she's really annoyed because she can't put her finger on like a solid piece of evidence that that is what happened. Yeah. And I hate that the good guys have to like mind their P's and Q's and go through the proper paperwork to make sure she's found and this is done correctly. Meanwhile, the I'm going to go ahead and say the abductor or the villain here is just like, let's just get this kid. You know, they're the bad folks. Why do we have to be like minding our P's and Q's? I don't know. It is one of those frustrating things about being such a good person. <laughs> no, it's annoying. You have to, everybody has to dance around the people who cause the most pain and suffering. It's true. So I know, Amber, at one point you sent me a guy who was floating around on the Facebook pages as being potentially somebody who lives near her who has a, a history. Yeah. So I don't want to say his name just because 
he's not been linked in any way. Not that I want to protect him, but I don't want to be sued. <laughs> but Yeah, that's it. Fuck him. Yeah. I just don't want to be sued. Right. So I went and did a search on the Texas Sex Offenders Registry. Texas won't submit to the national one because it's Texas and they just can't do anything easy. So they have their own specific Texas Sex Offenders Registry. And from that, I found 15... One five sex offenders within less than a mile radius around Lena's apartment. Well, I mean, there we go. Can we go knock down their doors first and foremost? I feel like if you're on the sex registry apartment and like a kid goes missing, police don't even need a warrant to well, go I into think your that house. They ha- I, I do think that they have pretty much started interrogating them over the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds awful, but I challenge any of you to go look right now and see how many are by you because they are... Everywhere. There's a lot by me, too. Yeah. <laughs> and my neighbors, they won't lock the door sometimes because they're kind of dumb. And I, I had to, like, tell them. I was like, can you please, like, very sternly, like, lock the door? I was like, there is an ar- there was an armed shooter on our block. This is like, a few months ago. And they were like, the door was fucking unlocked. And I had to go find them in the back. And I said, there is an armed shooter. You guys left the door unlocked. Please lock the door like a bitch. But yeah. I'm right. I'm right. Lock the fucking door. I had to go back there. And I, little me, had to scope out our little property for a fucking gunman. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> I don't like that, Amber, but I'm glad that you're being vigilant. Vigilant. Got to be vigilant. So, yeah, there are 15 in less than a mile around Lena's apartment. And a lot of them have child sexual assault charges. So far, that hasn't culminated in anything, but the police detectives are, you know, going through those people. I searched around our studio and there are eight within the mile radius of here right now, Amber. Really? Yep. Huh. But it's such a nice area. They're everywhere, baby. Wow. I guess pedophiles can be rich, too. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are. (laughs) (laughs) They usually just don't get on the registry because they're rich. But anyway, February rolls around and there is a vigil held in honor of her birthday. They say it's her fourth birthday, but as we mentioned before, a lot of people have said that she looks a little bit older, like maybe she was actually turning five this year. Right. Well, she's from a rural town. We went over that. Right. We like celebrate birthdays like we do here. Potentially, that's why. It's not clear, again, if this is a culture confusion thing or maybe there's even some reason her parents are trying to hide her age for reasons to do with Afghanistan. It's not really clear. She does look a little bit older than three when she went missing, but who knows? We don't know. So there have been, you know, many accusations lobbed at Lena's family, especially her father, Riaz. This is largely because they are from a predominantly Muslim country where there are stereotypes and assumptions made about, you know, an other One of the Internet's favorite terms is honor killing, which they wouldn't do to a little girl. Right. Which by definition, in certain cultures, the killing of a relative, especially a girl or woman who is perceived to have brought dishonor on the family. Yeah, you wouldn't do that to a four year old girl. Typically, it's done to somebody who's past puberty. Yeah. But what does an honor killing really mean? Is this really a part of conservative religious practices? Like, sort of. What it boils down to is a male figure murdering a female subordinate for, quote, shaming them. Usually by, you know, the woman's proclaims some personal bodily autonomy, which. Yeah, sometimes it's like we want you to marry the cousin of the family. And she's like, no, he's gross. Ew. And then because he feels rejected, they're like, oh, well, let's just kill her. So, and yes. And sometimes it's just because they were raped. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it takes, I think, three men to say that a woman was raped. Right. They need enough witnesses. Right. And people say like, oh, that's so old fashioned or gross. But I mean, I think it's true everywhere. Look that's at, also true in the uh, Mormon church. Yes. I mean, look at Bill Cosby. Or is it Jehovah? I'm sorry. It's either Jehovah or Mormon church. You need to have multiple witnesses yes. to make a rape real. So it's many cultures. Many cultures. I mean, look at Bill Cosby. Like no one believed all these women that came forward. And then it took one dude. And then people were like, wait a minute. And then two other dudes came through and then now Bill Cosby like was put under trial. Right. But, it, you know, fuck all these women that came through. Right. So honor killings are usually associated with Muslim culture. It's something that we think of and they use that term as well. But it's just the name. It truly exists outside of Muslim culture as well, which we just kind of talked about. One that's inside the Muslim culture in the news currently is because of the trial of Yassar Saeed. He was an Egyptian immigrant who murdered both of his daughters in 2008. It's largely looked at as an honor killing based on his Muslim culture. Right now it's on trial. And because he's Muslim, I think a lot of people would say him and Riaz are interchangeable, you know, even though Egypt is extremely far from Afghanistan and they have nothing to do with each other except they have the same religion, kind of. Yeah, um, that's like comparing Alabama to California. Like they're so far away, two different cultures. But right. You could and, say you're both American. And saying one Catholic in Alabama and one Californian Catholic because one of them did a crime, the other one obviously would be doing one too. Right, yeah. So... This guy who's currently in the news, he did murder his daughters and it was really fucked up and awful. And they're saying, you know, it's because of his Muslim culture and his Muslim pride. But when you look at it, it looks an awful lot like many fathers who kill their daughters of all stripes based on the concept that the man is owed something. Could you say it's because of his religion? I guess that can be the case for People who are religious or who are not, it's not exclusive to Muslim culture. It's always about the dude feeling entitled to something. Yes. So Sharia law, they just wrote it down. Mm -hmm. But I will say that a lot of other people in different cultures, they can sort of see the same thing, like like Bill Cosby with the other women that came forward. Nobody cared or noticed about him until men said something. Right. I would say it's kind of generally in the thought process of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that I'm bringing this all up is because it's really, we have to sort of differentiate between somebody having a different religion from what we believe, even though I thoroughly disagree with a lot of Muslim stuff because it's conservative and I yeah. disagree with conservative religion. This guy who murdered his daughters, he was a pervert. He filmed his daughters 24 hours a day, including when they didn't know he was doing it and he would talk about them. Remember, it was a lot like the fucking Powell guy who was like obsessed with his daughter-in-law. This guy did it to his own daughters. He was a creep. Yeah. The videos of him talking about their bodies is disgusting. And I don't think that has anything to do with his religion. I think it has to do with that he's a pervert fucking creep monster. Yeah, he's disgusting. So this was in America when this happened in 2008. But this is something that's part of every culture. And the non-religious term is filicide. A lot of times it's a dude. It can be a woman. If you see like a Casey Anthony who felt owed her freedom. So she killed her daughter because of that. But when the guys do it, it's usually based on feeling slighted by Whatever, for how, whatever reason. Yeah, how dare this woman make me feel like less of a man? I must kill her? Or I'm owed this or that. The You know, if you look at like the John List's stories, I think that was just covered on last podcast recently. You know, he also, he was a religious guy. 
he killed his whole family. He felt that I know we're going on a little bit of a sidebar, but I find this interesting. He felt that his family wasn't going to heaven, or at least that's what he wrote in his letter. I think it was just because he didn't want his family around anymore. But he felt like they weren't being religious enough. His daughter was essentially being a quote unquote whore. He didn't write that. But basically, she was going on down a bad path and all this, this teenage daughter. So he killed them all. And then he went on and had a second life, just like this other guy, this um, yes, Sar yeah. Saeed. So they both had 10, 15 years where they just started a different life and went about their day. That's a long time. Yeah. I murder a whole family and I have a decade to just chill out, go to the beach. Yep. Wow. Yeah. John List married another woman, went to, he was like a guy in their church. He just went to another state and acted like nothing was wrong. And he had murdered his entire family in his past life. Can you imagine like dating this guy and be like, I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. And then you get married and you find out he fucking murdered his whole family. Yeah. So why I'm bringing this up is that people are putting Riaz in this bubble of people when my point is that it's not a religion or a culture that causes this most of the time. You could say like, well, the Taliban is radicalizing people. That's true. But people who do this kind of shit to their children, a lot of times it's because they're a fucking monster yeah. and they're a pervert and they're a weirdo and they're fucked up. Riaz being a Muslim from Afghanistan does not immediately make him a dude who would do something to his daughter. And that shit's fucked up, man. We shouldn't be talking about him in that way just because. I just think that there's no evidence to suggest that he would do something to marry her off, whatever. I think that's racism. That's what that sounds like to me. So we should be giving consideration to Lena's family. Some are not. The family, as mentioned last week, has been under an onslaught of edgelords and ladies alike who just know the parents are hiding her or sold her or whatever. Riaz had told the San Antonio Express News. There have been raps upon the apartment door and rocks thrown at it since Lena vanished. But Kiel sees no one when he goes to check. One man even visited Kiel's home day after day, pounded on his door, yelling out to Kiel in regard to Lena's disappearance. Kiel said he had the police who at one point arrested the man, but he later returned. Ugh. So people are saying, you know, they sold her for money. He works a very good job. He says he was a commercial long haul driver when he moved to America. He doesn't need any money. He actually hasn't even accepted personal donations from anybody because people keep trying to give him money. He was a commercial driver. I just say whenever she disappeared, he took a local job as an Amazon driver to stay close to the community. I mean, he was working with U.S. forces. Mm -hmm. Why would he sell his daughter off? It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He was his family worked generationally for the U.S. government. They hate um, the Taliban. They do. The Taliban has like destroyed their family and chased them out of Afghanistan. It's nonsensical to me. If you're going to make those sort of things, at least have one piece of fact, evidence, anything. So Zarmina, his wife, who has now both released her name and spoken on camera over time, at first, you know, they were not saying her name and not speaking in front of the camera. And it's not because, regardless of what people are saying, it's that Riaz demanded it. It's because, as I've said, in their culture, it's really dangerous for a woman to appear on camera or speak. They just, the entire Taliban forced all girls out of school past age 11 by violence and force. They still have family out there. They were worried about protecting their family. Yeah, because the Taliban, if they see even in another country, a woman, a part of your family. Especially their family like was already on their shit list. Yeah, they're going to go kill your whole family over there. And, and so 
even at risk, eventually released her name and spoke on camera, her face not being shown like off camera, but just for sheer desperation of trying to find her daughter. But it's really dangerous for her to do that. So, you know, we want to hold on to hope for Lena. I did want to leave a little bit on the good side. I mean, it's a little bit, not Lena being, you know, okay yet, but we know that these stories can be really heavy. And I swear I'm not in the business of making everybody sad. Everyone stop being sad. (laughs) This show, you know, of course, isn't about the good people most of the time, but they are there. The San Antonio community really showed up in droves to help find this little girl. On Christmas Eve, a real ragtag group of people, including preachers, bikers, members of the Islamic Center and volunteers showed up at a prayer vigil organized to raise awareness about Lena and to send out good energy. It's quite lovely if you want to look for it on YouTube. There was interfaith people speaking and then just like these grungy bikers all standing around. It's, it's kind of cute. That's good. I do believe in the power of prayer. I mean, if you get enough people focused on something, there is an energy in the human mind. And regardless, it's a kindness from people. It's a communal thing. It brings people together. And I really appreciate that people showed up for this other that's in their community. Yeah. You know, I say that in quotes because that's how they're treated a lot of the time. So. Beyond the SAPD and the FBI getting involved immediately, the Islamic Center of San Antonio has helped raise funds for a reward, which has now reached $250,000, which is a really large amount for a missing child. The Center for Refugee Services became involved. A woman named Pamela Allen, who's the CEO of Eagles Flight Advocacy and Outreach, has been invested in this since Lena has disappeared. And she says she now considers the Sardar Kills her friends. Eagles Flight Horror Nonprofit initially started to help families with special need kids, but has expanded to include its reach into the community. We provide encouragement, support, and resources for single-parent, low-income, and refugee families as they move towards self-sufficiency. So while her organization was never focused on missing children, she got the Amber Alert on her phone like everybody else did in the area when she went missing, and... She decided to reach out to Lena's family, and she has been an advocate for them ever since, using the resources she has from her organization to help them, often speaking for them on camera or getting on her hands and knees to peer into drainage pipes to look for Lena herself. She does so seemingly just out of the goodness of her heart. I don't see any agenda. And in fact, even being a little, you know, Texas lady who has a husband with a big old 10-gallon hat on. She was on the news admonishing people for judging Riaz without any evidence, saying that they wouldn't do that if she was a little blonde girl. She's right. Which I mad respect for that. So this week, what we're going to do, we're going to donate and highlight her organization, which is Eagles Flight of San Antonio. You can go to it at eaglesflightsa.com. There's a donate button there. You can see a lot of the work she does. It seems like pretty incredible. I'm, I'm really happy that she's been... The representative for them a lot of times in the news because she's, I don't know, I think people, whether or not they will believe it themselves subconsciously, I think they listen to somebody more who sounds very Texas and American. Yeah. So she's really advocated for them, which and just remember that there are many good people out there everywhere, not just in this case, but out in the world. Yeah, we're not all baddies. They're not all going to like take you from the bar and like throw you over their shoulder and run away. No. Uh, Some people are going to go get you. Some people are going to go, 
no, take you and then ask if the guy's okay because he might have been having a crisis. He shouldn't have picked you up. Nope. But, uh, (laughs) you know, there's lots of people out there who want to do good and who are doing good. So don't get too caught up in all of the darkness. We're doing it because we all want to make things better, right? That's true. So that's my little PSA for the end of this episode. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah. Let's all keep Lena on our thoughts. We might still find her and she might be okay. It's it's still been pretty recently. Yeah. Since she's been, you know, she's been missing. And sometimes they get found. So let's hope that's the case for Lena. And we're thinking of her and her family. We will be back next week with a new series. You can follow the show at someplace underneath on all the things. You can email us with thoughts, suggestions, ideas at someplace underneath at gmail.com. We do take all of them in. We really appreciate all of your your thoughts, your emails, your considerations, your suggestions, and just keep sending them on in. You can follow me at the Natty Jean. I'm Amber Smelson, all across the board. And we are Natalie and Amber, saucy, pert, and greasy as always. Goodbye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.